Morning Liberty. Hey there, what's up everyone? This is Nate, and you are listening to Good Morning Liberty. Thank you so much for stopping by today. Guys, if you have not yet done it, subscribe to the show. Subscribe and download the show. If you hit that subscribe button, that's going to help us out way more than you can even understand. It's going to send our episode directly to your phone so you don't have to worry about going and looking for it. So do everything you can to hit that subscribe button. Try really hard. Stretch, Just stretch your thumb up there to where that button is right now. And, and just hit that little button, and we sure would appreciate it. But once again, this is Good Morning Liberty. I'm here once again without Charlie. Charlie is still gone. I don't even know where he is, to tell you the truth. I don't think, I don't know. I think he's just, I think he's just skipping, you know? I think he's just somewhere. If If I weren't in his house right now, I would assume that he was just in bed sleeping. But other than that, I don't, I think he's gone. I don't know. But today I wanted to talk about, today I want to talk about China, trade war. What's going on with that? Are there good and bad parts of that? Because this is a libertarian show. And generally, the libertarians would be very, very much free trade, meaning that this trade war is a terrible idea. I'll fall down on pretty close to that side, but I've got some other thoughts on it. Also, I'm going to talk a little bit about some of the political rhetoric out there, and some of it pertaining to things that Trump has said, and whether or not we would support those things if it were, in fact, President Obama, or if Hillary would have won, would we be supporting some of these things that he said? Because I think it's important to make sure that we keep our principles in check all the time. So this might not be your favorite episode if you are a Republican, but... It is important to listen to things like this. So I will first admit that the media has been very unfair to Trump. I, I think we can all agree with that. Now, he hasn't made it easy. He has not done anything to make it any better by the certain things that he kind of says off the cuff and certain things that he tweets. I think, I think we know that he hasn't been making it any easier to support him. But the media itself has really been taking things out of context that he said. Uh, They've treated it far differently than when other people have said it in the past, which we'll talk about later. Things that Obama said that Trump is literally saying again, and they're raking him over the coals. So I will say, if you're a Trump supporter, I will agree with you that President Trump has been treated very, very unfairly by the media so far. We've had this whole Russia thing that took up the whole first two, two and a half years of his presidency where that's all we heard about. And then that just kind of turned out to be nothing. And obviously they're focusing on the racism aspect because that's one of their last cards that they can play. So we will see how that pans out. But I was, I was actually talking to my wife last night about China. We were, we were just talking about uh, how many people they have, uh, just the, the fact that they they steal some of our patents, that they blatantly rip off things. We were talking about the trade war where we're raising all these tariffs on things that come from China. And I can actually, I can defend some of it, and then I can be very, very much against a lot of the other parts of it. Where I can defend it, you know, we have this thing called intellectual property. 
And in our system, we have a patent system, a trademark system, copyright system that protects people and their intellectual property, their inventions, the things that they've innovated. And what we've seen from China over the years is that they've done a very good job at stealing those patents, stealing those designs, and going and producing Chinese knockoffs. You guys have heard of knockoff consumer goods for a long time that were made in China. Well, what they've been doing is they've been, they've pretty much been completely ignoring the patent laws and making knockoff versions of our products. Now, in that side of it, on that side of it, I can see that something needs to be done about that because it is the job of our government to protect our property. And what do you do if you're someone who invents something creates something and you get a patent on it as i believe you should be able to do and then you have another country that's got over a billion people in it they just decide to go ahead and knock that off and sell that over there and then even sometimes sell it to people in your own country well what is our country our president supposed to do because intellectual property is pretty important but it's pretty complicated also So when you have a patent, let's just say an iPhone, let's just take, let's just take Apple and the iPhone. Well, we know that China's got knockoff versions of that. So should you be able to get a patent on some of these things? I I don't know where you guys come down on that. I think if you created something new, if you put in all of the time and the effort and the R&D to create a new product that you should be able to have some type of property rights on that product. Now, we have some issues in our prescription drug market where people, I think, have abused the patent system. I think we can agree on that. But what we've had in this, in this system with all of our other products, so we, we typically can agree that when you invent something that you should be able to have a patent on it. And that can get really confusing. It can get really complicated. We can always take something very simple, like a chair. Well, can you get a patent on a chair? Can you get some kind of a trademark on a chair? Well, it's got something that you sit on. So is that what the patent's on, something you sit on? No? Okay, if it's got four legs and then something you sit on, can you get a patent on that if you're the first person to make it? I don't know. If it's got a back on it, can you put a patent on that? So there has to be a difference in something like that where you can continue to make different versions of it and not say that you're going to owe money to everyone who's created a chair afterwards. But then you have things like medications where we've spent billions of dollars trying to research and develop those things. Things like the iPhone where millions of dollars or billions were spent trying to create that thing. And we even had an issue between Samsung and Apple where Apple was suing Samsung because Apple was the first person to come up with that kind of smartphone design. I don't know whether or not they actually had grounds to stand on on that. But what is our our government supposed to do when we do issue a patent to a company in the U.S.? And then then a country on the other side of the world knocks that off and starts selling it to their people, and not only to their people, but to other countries, and even back to people that are in our country. So in that situation... I can see 
tariffs or whatever we can do, some kind of restrictions on buying that product from that country because we are protecting the intellectual property of people here in the U.S. I can see us having issues with other countries buying that product. So in that light, on those products, I can see that there is room for tariffs and restrictions on buying those products. I can see that. I think that a lot of us can agree on that, actually. But what can you do about it? I mean, what what are you going to do? Are you going to go to a war if they don't listen to you? Are you going to start you going to start bombing them if they're not listening to you? How far will you go to protect the property rights of the business owners and the creative people in your society? How far can you go? And so with some of that in mind, I think that that's part of what Trump has been so concerned about. And I think he's using the only thing that he can use, which are tariffs on other goods. I think he's using one of the only things that he can use to try and fight them on that. So I I can understand that. But then underneath that, there's this mentality that it's a bad thing for a company to establish a factory in China and have their goods produced in China and then ship back over here. Now, in that light, I would completely disagree that that's a bad thing. It's If it is more efficient and it is cheaper for you to go elsewhere to have your product made, then that's better for everyone. We've all heard everyone talk about it. Tariffs are a tax on the American people. It raises the price of the goods. It raises the price of all of the goods that they put the tariffs on. China doesn't pay that tariff. The consumers in the U.S. pay that tariff. And Trump is betting that those companies, that eventually the tariffs will get bad enough that those companies are going to have to establish factories in America, or just they might as well establish factories in America. Now, one of the issues with this is this whole long-term planning thing that we've talked about in another podcast. If you're a business and you've got a factory in China, somewhere else in the world, wherever it is, you can't really make a long-term plan based on the fact that President Trump has instituted some kind of tariffs or has said that you have to move to this country. Because in our political system, you don't know who's going to be in control every two, four, or six years. If you're a company that's got a major factory over in China where you're manufacturing things, you can't make this new plan and move this new factory over to the U.S. based on today's conditions where we've got a reduced corporate tax rate and we've got an increase in tariffs on goods that are coming from China. Right now, that might be hurting you, but you don't know if President Trump is going to be the president two years from now. And even in that fact, even if he does win re-election, then after that, in the next election, you don't know who's going to get elected then. You might not even have your factory finished by that time. You might not have all of that in order by the time a new president gets in office. And they take away the tariffs because the people apparently now, liberals don't like tariffs. So maybe they take away the tariffs. Maybe they raise the corporate tax rate back up to what it used to be. So there's a problem in that this isn't exactly going to 
force the companies to do anything because they have to think 10, 20, 30 years in advance. And what they've seen is that over time, it's cheaper to not build things in America. Because typically, and as you can see in today's political environment, it keeps getting more and more expensive to manufacture things in, inside the country. Like I said, even with the corporate tax rate being, ra- being lowered down to 22.5%. Okay, well, that's great. That's great right now. But everyone on the other side of the aisle that's running for president, once that corporate rate not only put up to where it used to be, but some of them want it to be double what it used to be. So you have to make your plans based on that. And then we get this mentality, this kind of general mentality that I think a lot of people slip into, that it's a bad, that you should, that you should buy American, that you should uh, buy local or buy American. It sounds good. It sounds good. And if you can afford it, if it's not going to put you out to do that, or if it's the same price, then sure. Yeah, be patriotic, buy American, support people that are around you that are trying to sell things. I get that. But if it's more expensive, then it doesn't do anyone any good at all. This idea that if we all bought American and everything that we bought costs more and then our society would be better, that doesn't really hold any water. If you're in a town and someone in your town has a grocery store, but then Walmart is offering free delivery on groceries, and that's not the grocery store. If Walmart's offering free delivery and it's cheaper, then is it better for everyone in the town? Is it better for everyone in the town that they all go to that local grocery store and they all spend 20 to 30% more on their groceries? And they all have less money to spend on other things? Or is it better if they all order from the place that has the cheapest product and then they have money left over to put to other to put to other good uses? It's really just a really just a matter of the efficient allocation of scarce resources. That's really all it is. So time is a scarce resource. You have to make sure that you uh, use that efficiently. Money is then a scarce resource because you had to use time to get the money. So is it better to be inefficient? We have this, Charlie and I have this talk a lot because it's, it's a pretty easy example, but let's say you have a job where you get paid $100 an hour. And any hour that you work, you're getting paid that $100. Now, let's also say that you have a yard. And it would take you an hour to mow your own yard. You can mow your own yard. You can go get a lawnmower that's sold somewhere in your town. And then you can take that time and mow your own yard. Well, does that make anyone better? Does that make you stronger? Does that make your economy stronger? Does that actually help anything at all? Because you're trying to help the person that's selling the lawnmower, I guess. Because you make $100 an hour at your job. Your time is worth something. But you can get someone to come mow your yard for 30 bucks. So which one is better? 
Because if your time is worth $100 an hour, then it seems like it would be obvious that it would be a better allocation of your scarce resources to pay someone $30 to come and mow your yard. So you can keep working, doing what you do best, using your time in the most efficient manner, and at the end of the day, you would actually come out with more money that you would be able to use on other things. So this idea that somehow we'd all be better off if we were just buying American, that's really only the case if the things that we're buying American are in fact the most efficient use of that scarce resource. See, if there's a factory that goes over to China and they can make a t-shirt to sell back. We got some flack because we have t-shirts at goodmorningliberty.us. The shirts themselves, I do believe, come from China. Now, they're printed in the U.S., but the shirts themselves come from China. Yeah, there's a lot of workers that could have worked in a factory making those shirts, and it would have been more expensive for them to do that, so the company chose to put it over in China. Now, that's okay, because what we found in that scenario was those workers at that factory, those people taking their time to make a shirt was not the most efficient allocation of their scarce resource, of, of themselves. It was not the most efficient use of their time. Now, they still need to work on something, but they need to work on something that is, in fact, the best use of their time. Is it better for everyone? We sell, we sell shirts, and our base cost, because they're actually drop shipped, so the base cost is a little bit higher, their base cost, even though they come from China, at the end of the day, it costs like $9 per shirt for the ones that we have online. So would everyone be better off if our base cost for a shirt were actually $14? Because we're going to put the same markup on the shirts. We're going to put about a 40-50% markup on the shirts, making the shirts like $15 if we have a base cost of 9 it's actually 13 something. Um, making the shirts 13 something if we have a base cost of nine. So if you're going to buy those shirts, then you're going to pay 13 something. Or would it be better for everyone that we have a base cost of 14 and everyone's actually got to pay 21 or 22 for the shirt? How does that make it better for everyone? Because really, what you're trading is a little bit better scenario for the 500 people that work in the factory. But then you're raising the cost for all of the millions of consumers that are going to use that product. So at the end of the day, you end up hurting your economy more than you helped it. The important part here is when that factory goes over to China, that there should be a new job that pops up in its place where we're doing something that we are the most efficient at. So when you see something go over to China... You shouldn't be saying, oh, this is terrible. That Those jobs just left. They just went overseas, and now these people don't have any jobs, and people should be buying here. What? That's not what should go through your mind. The problem in that scenario is why didn't something else pop up in its place? Because in that market, those people are going to find something that they can efficiently provide to people, some kind of value that they're going to provide, 
and make the society better. The problem is we've made it too hard for something to pop up in its place. So if you want factories to be in the U.S., if you want things to be manufactured in the U.S., then your call should not be for raising tariffs on goods that come from China. That shouldn't be the rally, the rally call. That shouldn't be the revolution we're looking for. The call, the rally cry, should be, why do we make it so freaking expensive to have a business in the United States? Why did that factory leave? Why is it, how and why is it cheaper for them to go to the other side of the world, set up base over there, and pay for shipping to bring things back over here, and it's still cheaper than doing business in the U.S.? That's the problem. Not the fact that there's a factory in the US, or in China or that there's a factory in Mexico. Neither one of those are the problem. The problem is, why is the United States not a more suitable business environment? That needs to be where people are focusing their time. And props to Trump for getting the corporate tax rate lowered. Well, really to Congress and the Senate. We did lower the corporate tax rate, lowered it a pretty good amount. It was a pretty big reduction in the tax rate, about a 30% reduction in the corporate tax rate. That's a pretty big cut. But it's still too expensive to do business here. We still punish you for being productive here. It's still better for China, or for um, Apple... It's still better for Apple to keep their money in Ireland. Because even though we lowered our tax rate down to 22.5%, Ireland's is still, what, 15, 17, something like that? Still lower. So we're competing against other people here. That's the way we have to look at it. And all this, all this talk about the free market and free market capitalism and how competition makes everything better for everyone. And we haven't paid attention to the simple fact that we failed to compete with the other countries. You can look at things like different states. You know, I've mentioned on the program before that I'm originally from Illinois. I've been in Nashville, Tennessee now for about 10 years. But coming from Illinois, and all my family's still there, I can see what's happened in Illinois as they have made themselves the third highest tax rate in the U.S., and actually the highest effective tax rate when the cost of living is taken into account and incomes are taken into account. What you've seen are a bunch of businesses moving out of Illinois. They're going to go to Missouri. They're going to go to Kentucky or Indiana or Wisconsin or Tennessee. Hey, we don't have any state income tax here. Come on down to Nashville. So we can see this on this on the small scale, even if, if you're a conservative Republican and you're listening, you're like, yeah, obviously, oh, they're raising their taxes and all the businesses are moving away. It's easy to make that connection right there. The problem that we've failed to realize is that that same thing happens on a larger scale. And so if you're in Illinois and the businesses are moving away, Say you live in Illinois, businesses are moving away, they're going to Kentucky. 
If you're an Illinois resident, should your rally cry be that to fix this problem, Illinois needs to institute a tax on anything that comes from another state? Is that really your solution? If you're a conservative Republican in Illinois, that's going to fix the problem, right? You'll just put massive taxes on anything that comes from anywhere other than Illinois? No. Because you can see it on a smaller scale. You can say, hey, um, our taxes are too high. No wonder they left. It's too hard to have a business in Illinois. No wonder these companies left. And if those companies are going to leave, well, then that's the fault of the government for making it too hard to have a business here. Are you upset with the companies when they move away from Illinois? Are you upset with the government when the companies move away from Illinois? Why don't you connect that on a larger scale? It's the same thing. When we have a company leave the United States, the anger should not be pointed towards the company. Not one bit. The anger should be pointed towards the U.S. government that makes it too hard to have a business based in the United States. It makes it too expensive to manufacture products in the United States. That's where the problem is. So I think it's a really important thing that we kind of don't lose sight of the free market principles here. You can apply them on lower scales. You should learn to connect them on a much larger scale because that's all we're dealing with. Some of these tariffs might work. It might be the only might be the only card that Trump has to play because obviously we don't want to go to war. I do think that China's stealing a lot of our intellectual property. And if anything, if the government has one job, it's to protect property rights, intellectual property being one of them. I don't want them to go start a war with China. So if this is what they can do, then I understand why they're doing it, but we don't need to act like we're getting better immediately in the process. China's not paying those tariffs. We are. I grew up in a farm family in Illinois. Family's still farming. Farm a couple thousand acres in southern Illinois. The grain market has been really bad because China and all their billion people buy a heck of a lot of corn and soybeans and everything else. It's hurting people right now that this is going on. A trade war is a war. Because in a war, you you hurt people and people end up dying. But in an economic war, although it sounds kind of insane to say it, in an economic war, the same thing exists. You don't see anything blowing up. Nothing's on fire. But bad economics has killed more people than every other war that's existed on this entire planet over the whole time it's been here. We talk about bad economics all the time. How many times, if you're a conservative or a libertarian listening to this, have you said, look at all the 100 million people died and wherever. All these people starved to death and all this because of, of these controlled economies. More people have died due to bad economics than have died due to war. Get some numbers. If you got different numbers for me, let me know. Nate at goodmorningliberty.us. But more people have died due to bad economics. 
That's why I care so much about economics, because it's a serious thing. I see what's happening in Illinois, where my family is. Everyone's leaving. The towns are dying. They raised their minimum wage up to $15 an hour. They've raised all their taxes up. Their property taxes are insane. Their gas tax just doubled, and people are leaving. Businesses are closing down. This is not some kind of funny joke. This is not fun to get online and talk about because we just hate being contentious and argumentative with people all the time. This is an actual situation that's very serious and is affecting people's everyday lives. It's, it's important. It's not just some annoying thing that we talk about all the time that we're just being sticklers about. That's not the case here. So, aside from the trade war... Trump's taken this just one step further in a manner that I highly disagree with. It's been about a week ago now, but Trump said that he hereby ordered American companies to get out of China, to stop buying things from China. Hereby ordered. He ordered private businesses. Now, he hasn't issued an executive order doing that yet. But here's the important question. Here's the really, really, really important question. No matter what your feelings are about this right now, would you have had the same reaction? Would you have had the same patriotic, feel-good, you know, this is tough, but we got to do it for our country reaction if President Hillary Clinton had said, I hereby order private companies to do something. Would you have had the same reaction? The answer is no. Unless you're an extremely principled person or a libertarian. Same thing. You would have you would have had a different reaction. You would have been crying about socialism and communism and fascism, all these terrible things. Democrats and libtards and all these crazy people that just want to control everything and destroy our country and the president she, she thinks she's a she thinks she's a queen and we can't let her do this and the the president the federal government can't tell private companies where they can and can't buy things from that's what the reaction would have been from all you Trump supporters out there that's exactly what you would have said you can say that that's not what you would have said. That's okay. I get it. I get it. I rarely like to admit when I'm wrong right there at the point. It takes me a little while, and I'll do it privately. But you would not have had the same reaction. So now we have to ask, where the heck are all the principals going? I don't mean people that run elementary schools. Principals. Where'd they go? Because when there's a liberal president in office, we seem to have completely different principles lined up. We want limited government. We don't like executive orders. We care about the deficit. We post about the debt going up every single day. We post pictures of the U.S. debt clock all the time. We protect 
the sovereign rights of individuals and people who own private companies to do whatever they want. We don't want any kind of regulations. That's what it's like when there's a liberal in office. You get things like the Tea Party popping up. A whole new political party that says it's completely dedicated to decreasing the size of government. Spending, taxes, regulations, all those things. When anyone says anything about the Second Amendment, what do you think would have happened? What do you think what do you think people would have posted about if Barack Obama would have banned bump stocks or suppressors? Would have inst- would have been talking about instituting some red flag laws nationally. If he would have talked about taking cell phone data and using it to pinpoint people who were likely to be dangerous to flag them before they buy a gun. What do you think the reaction would have been if that was Barack Obama saying all of that? Think you would have had the exact same reaction? See, here's the problem with that whole narrative that the media is playing right now. All of the Republicans are playing directly into the racism narrative. They can easily make this case now because not only was the liberal president that everyone hated beforehand, but it was a black guy. And you hated it anytime he said anything close to a lot of the things that Trump is doing. And now they can use that against you and call you racist. Because a lot of you out there, millions of you, your principles are not holding up anymore. You seem to have forgotten all of them. Do you remember how many times Sean Hannity was out there playing over and over again? Oh, the that church that Obama was going to that said something negative about America. All the people who he had associations with. Anything negative he might have done. Geez, even talking about how he did drugs in college. With all the terrible things, all the terrible personality characteristics of Trump, do you think that any of these Republicans are going to have any leg to stand on in the future when it comes to anything negative about the next person? What are you going to argue about? What are you going to argue about? Shall not be infringed? No. Don't care about that right now. Lowering the deficit? No. Don't care about that right now. Paying down the national debt? No one cares. Not going to do that. Giving private companies the right to do what they want without over-regulation from the federal government? No. Too many executive orders? No, don't care about that. What's it going to be? What, the bad social situations when they were in college or time after that? Uh, No, I don't think anyone cares about that anymore. We've got Trump as the freaking president. How are you going to care about something that anyone has ever said? Anything negative that anyone's ever said or done? Can't say anything about that anymore. See, this is the problem. Because in a few years, in one to five years, Trump's not going to be there anymore. 
And this whole time, what you guys have been supporting was Trump. Not your principles. It was Trump. And then he's going to be gone. So what are you going to have after that? When there's a new person running for office, what are you going to say to him? What's your principled leg to stand on at that point in time? Because right now, you don't care about smaller government. You don't care about tariffs. You don't care about gun regulations. You don't care about people's personality characteristics. You don't care about spending. None of those things. All the things that these people have been railing about my whole life. They're all gone. So all I ask today, while I think it's important, Trump has done some good things, and it's important to note that. As far as a lot of his policies, I've been, I think he's done decent job with some things. Taxes were lowered. I really care about that. I want them to go a step further, and then a step further, and then 45 million steps further than that when it comes to taxes and regulations. But that's gone in the right direction. Spending? No. They have not decreased their spending. At all. But he's done a couple good things. He's done a few good things. So I can say that. I think it's important to note that. I think it's important to treat everything fairly also. Because I don't know what Republicans are going to be able to say about the next person when there's a liberal president in office. I can't figure out what you're going to say because Obamacare is still here. All these other things are still going on. What the House voted to repeal Obamacare like a hundred times while Obama was in office? How many times did they vote to repeal Obamacare after the Republicans had control of everything? Zero. That's how many times. Hardly anything. Hardly anyone said anything about it. When I posted stuff about that, they said, well, they don't have the right majority in the Senate. Yeah, they did. They didn't have a a filibuster-proof majority. They didn't have the, the 60, but they still had the majority. They still had control of Congress, the Senate, and the presidency. And they still didn't do half the stuff they said that they were going to say. So while I think you can support Trump and the good things that he does... Be really careful to call out a bunch of things, or to not call out a bunch of things that you know for a fact you're going to be calling out the next time there's a Democrat in office. Because everyone's going to call you a racist, or a sexist, or a crazy person. Because he didn't care about those things while Trump was in office. And if there's a black person in office, if there's a woman in office, something like that, and you start harping about the debt, you start harping about government spending all of a sudden, where was this? While Trump was in office. Oh, you're just sexist. That's what it is. You're making it easy for him, guys. Making it really easy. This will not be a popular episode with a lot of Republicans, but I do think it's important to stand on your principles Regardless of who is in office. Hey, I want, between the two choices, I wanted Trump to win. I didn't vote for him. I wanted him to win over Hillary. 
A lot of libertarian people don't like to hear that. But yeah, I wanted him to win because if we're all in a boat together and the boat's sinking, I at least want to get someone to try and plug the holes or at least have less people shooting holes, shooting holes in the bottom of the boat. Means we're still going down. Still going down, but hey, maybe we've bought ourselves enough time that we can try to get back to shore. So that's why I say I would have obviously rather had him win than Hillary. But anyway, guys, just stick to your principles. Check your principles. Limited government. Low spending. Low taxes. Repeal Obamacare. No more laws on guns whatsoever. Actually, less laws. Remove a bunch of them. That's what he should be doing. Shouldn't be talking about more laws. If he really wanted to stick it to him, if he really wanted to gather a bunch of Republican Party support, start removing laws on guns. Don't be talking about new ones. How many millions of gun owners there are in this country? You get some support if you start removing some gun laws. You'll have support if you start decreasing spending. So, anyway, guys, that's what I'm going to say for today. I think Charlie will be back tomorrow. It's very possible. But if not, I'll come in here and do it again. Go follow us on Instagram. It is at GoodMorningLiberty. On Twitter, at GoodAMLiberty. We don't really use Twitter, but if you do, go, go over there. All of our stuff posts to it. Um, Facebook, look us up, Good Morning Liberty. Go to our website, goodmorningliberty.us. If you want to read some great articles on politics and economics, and if you guys want to get a shirt that says shall not be infringed, because that's the principle, by the way, that's what's in the Constitution. doesn't say shall not be infringed, comma, unless. That's not what it says. Shall not be infringed. We got shirts on our merch store, goodmorningliberty.us slash shop that say that on it. If you guys do all of those things, share the show with your friend, leave us a rating and review. Do all of that stuff. We'll be right back here tomorrow. Until then, have a good day and a good morning, Liberty.